0: Greg is yeah, an not, internet people. I've never people. been on Facebook. I don't know what you call each other. Friends.
1: Friends, Joe. <What's>... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Atlas Bacht, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. Atlas Bacht is proud to let you know this episode is brought to you by Chulies Gum. This is episode 24, entitled, I Don't Believe in Luck, But... Welcome, Bockers, to episode 24. And today I have two happy owners on the call with me. So, Jack Swagger, uh, feeling good tonight, huh? Doing
2: well. Doing well.
1: <laughs> That's beautiful. Good job. Good job. And low key, I, you got a smile on your face tonight.
0: I'm doing better than I was this time last week.
1: You're feeling good, but you're not completely out uh, with a victory right now. So let's start with your game. Again, another close game. This game is not over, and it's not over because of an odd situation. You've got a pitching staff. There are no hitters left on either team. Pitching staff is the only player on our teams that can actually lose points, and they can lose points by throwing more walks than strikeouts, and they can lose points by losing and they can lose points giving up runs with a loss. You'd lose a half a point right now. You're at 45 to 43. That's a half a point. And so that means that you would be one and a half points ahead.
2: Well, you
0: you also have the earned run average possible. But I'm already so over good. the,
1: I'm already over the limit for that. I'm at
0: 4.154
1: right now. Okay. So that could only improve. So really it's a strike. Oh, well guys. then
0: you're talking about 15 walks.
1: And yeah, then, yeah, I mean, hey, it could 10. happen. <laughs> Okay, well we're not going to push you on that and we'll let you kind of uh worry about that. But I'm calling it a I, win for you, Jack. Yeah, you you agree?
0: I do. I, I'm okay
1: with that. Okay. So, uh congratulations. Mikey's team yeah, is yeah. like a cornered wolverine, fighting hard and super impressive. I mean, actually I mean he's doing exactly what we say, right? Just get into the playoffs. And then have the players that you need to to do the damage that you need to do. The last three days, I've been checking my phone almost as if I have a team in the tournament. <laughs> this has been just amazing. The back and forth, and Joe's ahead, then Mikey's ahead, then Joe's ahead, then Mikey's ahead. And I mean, I'm watching, I'm checking at ten o'clock at night, I'm checking at one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon. I I mean, this has been fascinating.
0: The points are are lower this week, but it's it's actually kind of eerie how the week mirrored last week. One team had a fairly sizable lead for a while. The other team came back and actually went ahead, and then the road team pulls out the win. Very, very strange how that worked out the same way.
1: I want to point out the fact that Giancarlo Stanton has put your team on his back. He's having an epic, some could say an historic month. And this guy, I mean, he's the original high-Q Player and he just is everything you want out of a playoff player. And without him, I mean, even just without your second best player instead of him, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You'd be completely no, out of
0: absolutely. I, I had a couple of couple more players go on the DL this week and uh, lost a player to an injury that I'm still not sure whether he's okay or not. He was clearly vital to to winning. I mean, he be Almost put up eleven points. Seems like he he homers in every other game, if not every game.
1: He's been a, an extra pitching staff for you. Yeah, about What's it like? I mean, you've only had him on your team for five weeks, I think. Is it fun just turning on SportsCenter and seeing him jack ridiculous home runs night after night?
0: Uh, it is. I, I will admit that. It's, he's a little bit more <laughs> volatile than than Trout was in that he can have bad games too. But he is he's on an incredible tear right now, and he has been since i got him it kind of worries me a little bit because if if he slows down in uh the next month or if they decide uh and he will get some little tweak to his hamstring or something they decide he's the the franchise and we're just going to sit him because we don't have a chance i i could be screwed
1: yeah that that's a definite right i mean this game is yeah. ridiculous right but yeah you know what the hell right if he's going to help you stay alive and progress in the tournament
0: he is striking out a lot less than he normally does. So he may have changed something in his approach that's allowed him to hit more consistently. That only time's going to tell that. But but the the power is just insane.
2: I'd be interested to see how many fantasy championships he has won.
1: At least 4.
2: Yeah, he's um he's done this before, not to this level though. It seems like yeah. um this might be the 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 hottest stretch uh, that he's ever had, which is, you know, that's it's awesome for Joe to uh, to have picked him up when he did. But uh, you know, he he will slow down some. But injury is obviously the always the concern with him. Outside of that, there's not a, a hotter bat in baseball right now.
0: I mean, has has anybody ever approached a 60 home run season this quietly? You don't you don't hear anybody talking about that hardly.
2: Just yeah, because he he went from. Thirty-five to fifty, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so late and so quickly is is yep. I think the right. the reasoning behind. Even I and and I you know follow the guy pretty right you know yeah I was, I was like holy shit he said 50 like it caught me by surprise uh, you know watching him hit one every other day still they uh, they add up
0: quick well the other guy that's doing that for my team is going to be playing this week so who's that reese hoskins oh yeah he's he's homered in five straight games it's it's time for him to to see some
1: time what the fuck is it with these kids man like it's getting weird very weird <laughs>
2: it has happened over the course of baseball but yes it's it's definitely happening more often and what seems to be longer they you know they you know every now and then 23 24 they'd be good for a couple weeks maybe right i can't remember this many you know guys just exploding into the the major leagues with 10 home runs this quickly you know what i mean it just seems like every other guy that comes in and, uh, and is supposed to be a home run is, is at 10 immediately. It's um it's interesting.
0: Well, yeah, I, I was looking through my roster cause I have some really odd things coming up in this, this final week of this series and I have to have to make some choices. And I, I was kind of flipping through his stats and, and I saw that he had 10 home runs. It seems like he's only been up for three weeks, right? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. We've been yeah, watching so.
1: your player, Joe, just you know, <laughs> And he's well, I understand why Jack is because
0: it's his team,
2: but yeah, he—he's but yeah, it's not a surprise. I mean, the the, the fact that he's doing it in majors is it, you know this quickly is is a little bit of a surprise, obviously. But this is a guy that just has been absolutely. Destroying baseballs at every level. He's played through the minors. It's you know the other thing is he, he's got a good eye. He actually takes some walks as well. So um, I, I'm looking forward to having him as a Philly. That's for sure.
1: And we're sure his name is Reese, not Riss. Reese, yeah, right. yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. even just, not. Yep. Just want to make sure. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Joe. Um, low key with a win, Mikey. You know, I know it's tough to lose, but boy, your team is still in it and still in it strong, anything can happen next week. This is... Yeah, it's a
0: one-game season, Oh, man.
1: my gosh. This is when the when the pressure really ratchets up. And, and you know. Let's go over to the Jack's Wax Packs and the Omission Commission. This game was close until about Friday, and then Jack's Wax Packs just put up the most points this week. Great weekend, Jack. Uh, obviously, Goldschmidt and Chuck Nasty and Ozuna leading the way. Your Dodgers coming back. Uh, putting up some great points again this week. For Scotty. the Cardinals just not, and that Cardinal staff continues to dog him, and then he just didn't have, with Judge kind of putting up decent numbers, but not the numbers like he was putting up before. Is really starting to fade. I don't know if this is the beginning of the end for him. Maybe you have some opinions on that, but before we get there, congratulations, great week, and must have felt good to come back, uh, having put up the least amount of points last week.
2: It definitely did. I appreciate it. You know, the Dodgers did what they've been doing, put a little extra on it, almost a 13 for the week. So, again, <laughs> uh, I've been I've been leaning on them hard all year and, uh, and I'll lean on them through the playoffs again. Uh, Ozuna was a big the Marlins. Um, he's following Stanton's lead uh, a nine. So between the two of them, almost 20 points to uh, to lead me and Joe in a uh, a very important time yeah some of the old guys I mean I I again some letdowns Batista with a, a 1.2 uh, Murphy's hurting me that guy's somebody I, I've been depending on over the years so hopefully he gets his stick back with this next uh next week here but yeah I was I was pretty happy overall again Goldschmidt and, and uh and old Chuck nasty. Uh, again, a couple of these other guys get their, uh, their swing together and, uh, we're playing for, uh, for a bobblehead.
0: I, I noticed after giving you a hard time about taking the points lead away from you, you immediately came back and, and took it over again. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: I, uh, I become very, uh, very game focused once the playoffs start I don't pay attention to that so I, I do during the season <laughs> during the regular season once the playoffs start I uh I like I said I looked I, I started looking over at your game around Friday other than that um yeah I'm pretty much focused on uh on mine and uh and his lineup that's about it understood
1: well apparently when Greg isn't in the the, the playoffs he just checks out completely since he hasn't been shuts the, it down shuts it down yeah right I mean I know his season was bad, but he doesn't have to really run that bad. Um, you know, trying to tell us that family's more important than being on Atlas Bock. I mean, I'm sorry, Bockers, but Greg clearly doesn't have his priorities in order. No, and, not at all. Know, not at all. Nope. I don't know if we should even let him back on. You know,
2: my question is, had he made the playoffs, would he have missed two postseason Atlas Bock in a row?
1: No. I, no we'll probably never know oh <laughs> wow joe Ow. throwing some shade that was rough Woo! yeah anyway uh congratulations so jack's wax packs reared metal you guys live another day next week is going to be fucking amazing big week point and a half yes Epic. yes your point and a half i have to wait till monday to put your point and a half on there but I'll make sure that I do it early. Best of luck to Although you. Although, ha-
0: has the home team actually won a game in either of these series? No, because you're no. We both we both won on the road. We both lost That's- at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to curse myself and hoping it'll go. I got across the line. I got
2: I got Blackman in
1: Colorado for six. So Chuck Nasty, I love it. I've
0: got I've got Stanton wherever
1: the hell he's playing. Yeah. Houston. He goes to Houston. <laughs> oh just kidding i have no fucking idea Uh oh he's he's not in houston
0: he's he's playing the phillies and he's playing
1: uh yeah joe acts like he doesn't know you know that shit was mapped out four days ago. i just know he's
0: not playing in texas i've already (laughs) looked at everybody
1: that's playing in texas this week all right gentlemen well listen mikey scotty congratulations on still being in the playoffs it's it all comes down to next week You win, you're in the World Series, and remember, this is the largest kitty in the history of the league. Not only does it mean something in terms of bragging rights, which to me is worth way way more, it also does put some money in your pocket, which is always nice. So let's go refresh our drinks and come back and talk about a few things that are happening in baseball.
2: cigarettes from a dude named Dante when instead you could be on a
1: date with a girl named Julie don't smoke cigs chew chulies.
3: No welcome
1: way. back Bockers. and I have a question for swag and for low-key you guys have any rituals to ease the feeling of helplessness when it comes to how well your team is doing or not doing in the playoffs I mean this is at its core you you set your lineup and that's it and and the the dice have left your hand and they're tumbling down towards the final resting place what do you do how do you deal with that nervous energy do you have superstitions do you get drunk every night what what is it how do you deal with it
2: <laughs> i do i i i do have some um some superstitions I'll play uh with when when playoff it's much different in the playoffs um. All of a sudden, everything becomes a little more um, serious.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I miss much it.
2: Like, much like the bout of religion uh, a man will get as he falls over a cliff. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're open to a whole lot more possibility. <laughs> I don't believe in luck, but just in case it exists, <laughs> let's cover our ass. So um, I <laughs> I will not watch the other team's players bat in any way, shape, or form. So if I'm on the app and their guys are up to bat, it says they're at bat. I'll close the app. I just won't watch <laughs> their guys bat. Um, if I'm watching MLB and, uh, and they pull one of their guys up, I'll literally change the channel or just look away. So um, I will watch my guys bat um, unless uh, if my guys just Have some torrid tear in a situation where I was not able to watch them at the beginning of the week. Right. Then I'll just throw it all out the window and go with don't watch them until they stop their tear. So (laughs) yeah, I do. uh, (laughs) That
1: is awesome. uh, Yeah, you are human.
2: I am. Yeah, those are (laughs) like I said, uh, a whole lot more in the playoffs. Regular season, I don't give a fuck. Uh, But the. uh,
1: Right, when you light the rest of the league on fire, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> you fucker. That is awesome.
2: So, so yeah, I have not watched Darren Judge bat in uh, in the last 2 weeks.
0: That's funny because mine is the exact opposite of yours. I will not watch my player's bat if if I see them in the hole, I know to shut the shut the screen down, walk away from it for 10 minutes and then I'll come back and see if they did anything. But I'll sit there and stare at the stupid computer screen with the little dots representing guys on base of his team until they're out. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And and I did not. Actually, today I got up. It was close. And I just didn't look at it all day until about uh, maybe 6 or 7 o'clock. it's like, all right, I got to know. And then I'm looking at it. It's still freaking close. And I know I've got another... Couple of at bats, and so does he. I
2: I I only look at my phone forty to forty five times on a Sunday, (laughs) checking the scores.
1: I did that today. I mean, I I really am getting caught up in this playoffs race. I mean, it is fun. It's exciting. There there isn't any one team that that is a wrecking ball, kind of taking out the other teams. It's pretty cool.
0: Now, yesterday I was a total wreck. I I looked at it a million times yesterday, but. Once today came around, it was like, all right, I can't worry about it. I can't control it. So,
1: so, so, what's the wait? What's the difference? Why, why, why were you a wreck yesterday? Why? I mean, because why- I just
0: wanted to make sure I didn't miss some sort of injury or something. Oh. You know, I've, I've, I've got uh, this whole mysterious Mustakis thing going on. Sitting there watching the weather and thinking, okay, I've got like four different players involving Texas in some form or another next week. Trying to, trying to, to think. You know, what? What trying to find information, you know, nobody's made any statements yet about whether they're going to cancel games or whether they're going to, because both uh, Texas and Houston come home next week. They were on the road this week, so no notices about canceling games yet, so I'm worried about that, thinking, okay, well, if I put this guy in and he only plays three games, I could put this lesser guy in, but he might have six games, you know, is is that better? Holy shit.
2: Joe's having
0: Joe's flashbacks having, to the Benigno PTSD, series. Yeah, PTSD <laughs> with uh, hurricanes and plants. <laughs> it's already cost me
1: once. Holy shit. I did not even think about that. Well, and and
0: from there, where did, does it go up through the Midwest like it did that one year? Cancel games in Kansas City and St. Louis and Milwaukee and places like that? Well, or swing Colorado. back east and, uh, you yeah, know, the mountains will stop it. They'll steer it back.
1: Not not Milwaukee, but because it's a covered stadium. But but well, se- good point. But Seattle, Chicago, uh, so, Seattle. Jesus Christ. Um uh 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 St. Louis and Kansas. Safe. I think Seattle's safe. I think they can handle a little rain. Yes, I think they can handle a lot of rain. But the but St. Louis and Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> or do, or does it go They're east prepared. and end up
0: in in D.C. and Baltimore and oh places my like God.
1: that. No? Joe, you're fucked. I
0: could be. You never know.
2: Start your Blue Jays, ladies and gentlemen.
1: (laughs) If it goes to the Northeast or Mid-Atlantic, Joe, you're in big trouble. Uh, You know what? It could happen. So I I wanted to uh, inform uh, the two of you and, and all of Bacher Nation. Chris, who has been on the podcast a couple of times, we can't just seem to get his audio right, but let me tell you, this guy has been great. For the league, I mean, I think in one of his interviews, he talked about 20 years ago when he would have to go to the library to get copies of the newspaper just to actually tabulate the store the scores. Chris has been, you know, as far as a, an original six member, obviously has done his part. He has accepted the role of inside counsel. He is our inside counsel. He is able to provide context, legal rulings and feedback on particular moves that maybe aren't covered within the rules or questions that involve current rules that might be a little twisted or strange. And then also just any clear rule that is out there. He's He's been great about being on top of it. So this is a, a paid position and I think a well-deserved position. And I'm happy that Chris accepted because he's a valuable part of the league.
2: Agreed. Yeah, they're they're... Um, over the years, uh, again, you're, you, myself, uh, you know, Mike, uh, all of us have gone, you know, back and forth with a question here. Hey, what happens here? Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it seems like between the three of us, uh, all were one or all of us will end up falling back to Chris, uh, at some <laughs> yep. point, you know, uh, sometimes to other folks dismay, uh, he can be a fucking elephant with, uh, with information. So he tends to, <laughs> tends to remember the details and, uh, and that is very valuable. So he's been doing it. He, he's, he's been that role, uh, uh whether it's been <laughs> recognized or observed, uh, in the past and, uh, and even this past season. But yeah, that's awesome. That, uh, that, <laughs> He's being recognized for it.
0: In, instead of inside counsel, can we call him the unwritten rules czar? Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, unwritten rules czar? Yeah.
0: All right. sounds, sounds more dangerous, more powerful.
1: Well, he does more than the unwritten rules, though. He does provide feedback and counsel on current rules. So maybe just rules czar?
0: We'll call him the arbiter of all that is seen and unseen. Arbiter.
1: That's not bad. Of all that... Is seen or unseen. And tough to fit it on a business card, but. But it's freaking impressive.
0: <laughs> it is
2: impressive. That should get you laid at least two, three times.
1: I think it's great. I think it's great. So, one of the things I noticed the other night, I was watching Cubs game and it looked like a softball game. Chris Bryant was a fourth outfielder. I just, I think I have to just accept the fact that baseball is moving forward more and more players are less and less specialized and i i notice this on a micro level just as the commissioner of our league i have to make i have to physically go in and make the changes to people's roster if they want to make a change so if there's an injury substitution i have to go in and change the stats or actually Change the players and to make sure that their stats will start accruing going forward i what I started to notice was a lot of players have multiple position eligibility now every single player in our league has at least two positions it's their current position and dh well that's not true I guess if someone's a pure dh they're only a dh but um true. for the for the most part every player can play their current their position and they can add to that yeah. dh unless they're yeah unless they're already dh. And what I started to notice was more and more players have multiple position eligibility. So even first base with outfield, third base, I've seen it with uh, third base and shortstop, third third base and second base, third base and outfield. Um, You know, it's just, it's really surprising to me that we're starting to see, at least on the infield side, this kind of blending of position players. Part of it is Joe Madden's. Set up of yeah. these goofy things, right?
2: Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it stems from the Cubs. Not not all of it, but a lot of
1: it. A lot of it, right? And and what we're seeing though is that those adjustments now are starting to take place with other other players. It's it's creating issues with people who like to score games. If the third baseman is brought over to play short outfield behind the second baseman, and it's a pop up to that player, right? How do you score it? right? Because a pop-up to third, the third base in the scorebook, the mm-hmm. image that comes to mind is very different than what actually happened. Sure. You know, we talked about younger kids, um, um, being eligible at multiple positions to get their bats into the lineups, to be able to be called up and not blocked behind other players. So there was a, uh, there's an incentive for teams to get players that can play multiple positions because if they, have a great offensive profile they're not blocked behind a particular player for example but this really seems to be changing in baseball and it got me thinking about juiceless as well i mean have you guys seen the same thing have you seen this happening
2: yeah yeah it's um like i said there i I don't think there's a guy on the cubs roster that that plays one position right um i think ever i have you know baez plays um you know, middle infield, both middle infield spots and third base. But yeah, you, you know that the, and you've always had a couple of guys, but, but they were known for it and specialized, you know, Ben Zobris stood alone because he did play those multiple positions and was fantasy worthy. Most of the time when you got guys that play multiple positions, a lot of them aren't fantasy or weren't fantasy worthy um, in the past, but um, a lot of uh, first base outfield, you're seeing that a lot. Mm-hmm yeah, uh, Jose Batista back at third base. Uh, they had Donaldson at shortstop for a little bit. again, the the Cubs constantly got moving guys out You got Rizzo at that at second base now. Um, so it is happening more and more. You know, we've always separated positions. We've never gotten, we've always wanted to make it uh, fun and 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 fair for everyone. So even to the point where we adopted two middle infielders as opposed to forcing a, a, a shortstop, and a second baseman on everyone, you kind of get to choose because it was kind of a weaker position when we, when we developed the league. So it is definitely something that could affect it. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, again, Jose Batista isn't good enough anymore to, to take advantage of the fact that he can play third base, but in his heyday, all of a sudden he pops up at third base and, you know, it becomes a lot more valuable if, if you have the guys to to use it at first base, you know Rizzo and at the middle infield spot is is generally going to be of, of value to you. Mm-hmm. You know the only other thing is, is you know some of these guys, like I said, you know they're going to do a Matt Carpenter. You know he's going to have that position el- eligibility throughout the year. When you get it surprised, kind of thrown at you like Rizzo this year, if you're not prepared for it, we've seen it with Mike's team. If you don't have the the stockpile at first base to take advantage of it, then it doesn't really fucking matter and <laughs> at that point, you end up using the guy at the original position anyway. Um, You know, again, much like M- Batista, he, he's, you know, uh, he's just not good enough to supplant Longoria or, or um, you know, even Baez at, at third base anymore. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and I, that's nothing new. Cause I've every year I've had some player like that where I can plug into multiple positions. I've always taken advantage of that for my backups, but it's definitely, it definitely seems like there's more of it. I mean, I was, you look at my team. I've got Marwin Gonzalez. He's eligible at everything in the infield except for catcher and pitcher, and he's eligible in the outfield. So, literally, one guy who's having a good year, I, I can use him as an emergency for any position, and, it, and it, maybe it keeps me from carrying, and maybe I can carry an extra position player at something else that where I where I have you know somebody that's that's relatively injury prone. I've got that position covered twice over because I've got this guy that can play it too. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, I, I think it's just another, another thing to be exploited by a smart owner. You know, you, you pay attention to that stuff. You can, you can creatively uh, stack your team.
1: What's interesting about the game of baseball. I I think one of the things that we've talked about in, in previous episodes is Baseball as a dying sport, or I, I know for me personally, I've talked a lot about, you know, this used to be the national pastime, but now it's been overtaken by football, by basketball, these these more violent, uh, uh, um, quicker moving sports. However, I, I, I'm, I'm as I've paid such close attention this year to both fantasy baseball and actual baseball, and and chronicling it as we have for almost half a year now. And I'm going to throw this out there and you guys can laugh at me or you can tell me that, you know, that I'm an idiot, but I actually think that baseball truly is continuing to be the national pastime and that they're embracing things like big data and embracing, uh, change and, and what, what seems to me to be rapid change, um, and and I look at some of these other sports and, and I'm not seeing that change necessarily happen as fast. I'm not seeing, I mean, you know, quite frankly in the NFL um, over the last 15 to 18 years, the only difference is, is now we have running backs by committee as opposed to running backs and we have a pass heavy offense. That's really what I'm seeing, but it seems like baseball with the strategy Over the last five or six years, the introduction of, you know, this combination of scouting and statistics and, you know, these kids coming up that are just more physically able, more physically gifted to play multiple positions to have their swing approach where they do have more of uh, a put more of a backspin on the ball and get more distance and loft off these things that maybe baseball really is, you know, more truly representative of this country than than the other sports, and I just wasn't aware enough to recognize that. I think um, I think
0: football has got a rocky road ahead. At some point, you know, I don't know how long that takes because clearly uh, they're the the big dog in terms of money. And where there's money, there's litigation. People are going to continue to come after them. We could argue whether hockey or football is more violent, but football is more popular than hockey. So let's call football the most violent of the sports. There is going, they're, they're going to come under increasing pressure and you're going to see it in the next collective bargaining agreement. The players are going to demand the moon to to cover these, these players that have given their, their health to the, the sport. Um, they are, in my opinion, they're oversaturated. I mean, I, I'm not going to watch football four days a week. I just can't do it. I can't stay up that late. I have to go to a job. You know, I, I can't watch Monday night football anymore. I can't watch Sunday night football. I don't want to watch Thursday night football because it's always a shitty game. <laughs> uh, but pretty colors. <laughs> no, I, I hate like the, the uni-
1: unis. Yeah, I
0: hate the unitards. Come yeah. on. They're ugly as hell. All right. But, you know, the, the thing football has going for it is is a kid can watch a game on Sunday and see his fl- favorite player Most of the time. So he develops a relationship with that team. Basketball, you know, you you talk about baseball as as a regional sport. That's the knock against it from a lot of people. I would say basketball has become an urban sport. Um, I'm a Celtics fan. I grew up watching them, but I can't relate to the game anymore. I would rather watch a college basketball game of anybody, not just my favorite team, than watch a professional game. I'll watch it if the Celtics are in the playoffs. Otherwise, I don't give a damn anymore. Baseball, if I, I, I kind of wish they would shrink the season down a little bit. You know, I, I, what? I think, I wish they would cut it back to one fifty-four. I actually like the second wild card. There are a massive number of teams that still care right now. I, I, I see the light with that. I didn't like it when it first came in. It just seemed like a money grab. But it, it seems to me that that was the best move, but I'm afraid that they're going to say, Oh, well, we got one wild card. Why not have two more, you know, and, and then we're the NBA or the NFL. So I, I don't know. I, I, to your point, I I don't, I think football is still the the national game right now. Um, And I think baseball has tried really hard to cut its own throat, but maybe we're going to survive it.
1: But the, but the fact that uh, baseball and the competitive drive and the willingness to 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 kind of adapt and adjust and change right. uh, yep. to me it seems like the game is morphing and it's morphing more quickly than i can keep up with right now
2: right they're they're yeah i agree it, they're very they seem to we i think we talked about it <clears throat> a few episodes back but um, they seem to be very uh, on the cup right now. They're, they're um, and, and what they're doing really in, in, and it started with with SportsCenter. You know, we talked about the going going on back right. in the day, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and now they're 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 consolidating it in the game within the game. Now, is they're they're creating they're adapting it to to. <laughs> to appease our, our shortened attention span. Right. Um, so now you're, you're getting, um, again, as you're watching, like I said, you know, MLB TV, they'll go from game to game and, and show that well. now they're getting the the tweets, uh, where you, you tweet in the, the pitcher versus batter, uh, that you want to see. So now they're, they're focusing on that at bat. Now, all of a sudden within the game. And and again, yes, it's still a a three hour game that has, Mm -hmm. you know, five minutes of actual action. So on and so forth, but but they're, they're fine tuning the the, not that there's hadn't always been highlights, but that it seems like they're focusing a little bit more on those one-on-one matchups on, you know, those specific guy they're um They're doing a really good job of, of, um, of sensationalizing what should be sensationalized. And in a way, um, that it seems like, uh, it's getting through again, a lot of the, the, the folks that are on the outside still say the same thing. You still hear a lot of, you know, baseball's dying and it's, it's, you know, it is a dying breed. It's not, but if you're paying attention, like you said, um, I think they're doing a, a hell of a job with it right now. And, and thankfully there's, you know, there's some guys player wise that, that, you know, are, are helping it along. Um, you know, we got our, our, you know, our Sammy Sosa's and our Mark McGuire's of, uh, of today as well. And, and mm-hmm. um, the fact that they're younger and younger, um, as they come up, um, I think that, uh, that lends itself again to, to, um, you know, to the, to being able to attach the, the game to a younger generation. That's helpful as well.
0: Well, I think they're definitely doing a way better job of, of presenting it. Like you said, the MLB, uh, network and so forth, I, I, you know, you're you're talking to somebody that that when I was a kid there was no such thing as the SPN. My I, I waited till every Sunday to watch This Week in baseball with Mel Allen. And <laughs> and that was the only highlight you ever saw, except for your local team on the evening news. And that, that was it.
2: You know, you it was grumpy son of a bitch.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm saying that, that
2: he's it's, only it's four awesome years
1: that, older than us. Like I, uh, people might think uh, yeah, that he's but, like, but I remember, I
2: remember this week at baseball too. <laughs> All right.
1: well, I certainly do. I mean, you're, you're, you you know, your, your emotional age, Joe is probably 20 years older, but your physical age, <laughs> you're only like four years older know. than us. It's not. I feel
0: like I'm about 16 most days. So,
1: you know, we talk about the kids at the game with their face in the phones, but, major league baseball rather than trying to change the kids into you know what yeah. we want them they're saying okay we're going to we're going to provide the content in that form um and figure out how to communicate to that generation and to me once i kind of had this mind shift in my mind i started to see and i thought jesus there's some really smart people in the major leagues uh, both on the the baseball operation side and also on the marketing and production side that are doing some phenomenal things um you know i mean would i like them to sign atlas bach as their official podcast fuck yeah i would
3: yeah yeah.
1: i love watching aaron judge and put up his sub 200 batting average for the last two months me too i am so happy (laughs) i mean i'm sure by all accounts he seems like a great human being but fuck him and me trading him away for nothing before the season started yes jack right he's not not doing much against you the yankees i knew the red sox saw something and uh, read a great article and they were talking about aaron judge and how teams are pitching him and what they're doing to adjust and how how much he's struggling with it and the fact that baseball is a brutal sport i mean it, it just it wears you down through time the number of games through psychology, right, the length of the games, the the amount of time you spend preparing, playing, and then recuperating from the games, that every person on that field is trying to adjust to what you've done and you have to adjust back. We, you know we talked about you know conversation last week with a former major leaguer. This game is fucking brutal, and if you're not a competitor, you're just not going to make it, period.
0: Well, you get extra credit because you were the first person I ever heard call that out about the Red Sox and and their adjustment to judge. I'm, I'm kind of curious what you think he actually is. Five years from now, is he, I don't know, uh, Adam Lind or somebody like that? Is he better than that? Does I- he ever hit for any kind of average? Long term.
1: Well, I've read that once you show a skill, you own that skill. Right? So he has he shown that not only does he have prodigious prodigious power, but he also has a batting eye and the ability to make contact. I I don't think he's a plus three hundred hitter just because the size of his strike zone and that how now uh early in the season they were going east west, now they're going north south, which there's a lot more opportunity jack talked i think it was in episode 15 he talked about judge reaching across the plate on a, a pitch that was clearly outside and knocking it out of the park well um so teams have abandoned that and the red sox were going north south with him earlier than the other teams and that's where he's got more place to cover and if you talk about you know the distance from you know his uh chest to his knees and the amount of opportunity a pitch has to move within that space, you know, to me, I think maybe a 260, 270 hitter with 40 bombs a year, which is Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, um, you know, and with your up year, maybe approaching what he's doing this year, uh, what's your typical average year is a a Giancarlo Stanton, which, you know, frankly, was a staple of my lineup for many years. I was
0: going to say, that doesn't suck.
1: Does not suck, no. In a a fucking ballpark that's, I mean, he's going to get five or six extra just because he's playing in essentially what is a little league ballpark, Um, you know, as opposed to Stanton, who's actually playing in a big boy park.
0: Yeah. Well, plus he gets to play in Fenway and Baltimore as well.
1: Well, look, hey, playing in Fenway clearly wasn't a positive thing for him. And, uh, you know, the reason that I, I, I knew the Sox were picking up on something is, you know, I, I watch a lot of their games. I, I, like mm-hmm. I said, I have the package. And we have a, a you know. Quit your bragging. We have a team that, you know, has a, has a coach, was a pitching coach, and we have a pitching staff that can fully execute. And where I really first started to see it was uh, Chris Sale and the way Chris Sale pitched him because Chris Sale is um, known for never shaking off a pitch, I don't know if you know this or not, but Chris Sale does not shake a pitch. He's never in his career told the, the catcher he is not going to throw what the catcher tells him to throw. And so what what that means is you have a you have a highly skilled pitcher who is pitching to a catcher who is very well prepped. Uh, and this goes back even before Veritek, but Veritek I think really kind of institutionalized that for the Red Sox, and he's still part of the team. So he pitches to the location, the type of pitch, and to the location, and he's having a ridiculously good year. And I think that just goes to the organization and what the organization has done over the years and the amount of money they've put into pitching so that they can execute against these other teams like the Yankees, which are you know a, a hell of an offensive team and still only four games behind the Sox. I mean, it's not like the, the Sox have buried them.
2: Right, yeah. No, it's, a, it's still a tight race.
1: Well, gentlemen, this has been fun. I think uh, it's a natural ending point for us. Uh, We could probably talk about eight or ten other things, but I think for Balker Nation, I think what they're interested in is what the hell happens next week. So I'm excited for you, Jack, and for you, Joe, and for Mikey and for Scotty. And uh, I know I'll be looking. I'll be looking at my phone quite a bit. I don't have as much discipline as Joseph does. Um, I'll be, uh, checking it out, but, uh, best of luck to the four of you, uh, best of luck to you, Jack, to you, Joe. Uh, hope you guys do really well. And this is it. This is for a chance to, you know, go to the big, big dance. So, uh, hope you guys have a great night. This is always fun. And We'll talk to you next week, all
0: right, well, hopefully I can figure out what uh, Major League Baseball is going to do about the state of Texas before I set my lineup in the morning at five.
2: <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, good luck this week, Joe. hopefully yeah. uh, hopefully we'll keep the dream alive, big guy
0: Scotty and Mike and Jack. I hope wish you the best of uh, luck, and uh, I still want to win. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, boys. Just a quick update, Joe. You're still in the lead, so looking good, buddy.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm. I'm I feel comfortable calling it. Um,
1: I may spontaneously. If he loses, we'll come back.
2: Yeah. Right. No shit. We'll get instant we'll, reaction. We'll just redo it. Yeah. We'll just redo it. Here, let's record now in case. Oh, my oh, God. I can't believe sorry, they
0: God. did that. 47 walks in one inning. Oh, That's, my God. Uh, Mike, that <laughs> was awesome. <laughs> you did great,
1: buddy.
2: Yep. Go to bed, Joe. See you next year.
1: All right. Oh, good night, boys. Talk to you later. All right. Reluctantly crouched
3: at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up, and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down, and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup, but he's driving
1: game. The future, remains future remains valuable. Physics, at its most fundamental, the very fabric of our universe, results directly from the interaction of certain fairly simple rules and chance. The same description may be applied to the best, most elegant, and in both intellectually and aesthetically satisfying games. being unknowable by resulting from events which, at a subatomic level, cannot be fully predicted, and retains the possibility of change. Generally, all the best mechanistic games, those which can be played in any sense perfectly, such as grid, Prilian scope, and cradle, chess, pharnic dimensions, can be traced to civilizations lacking a relativistic view of the universe, let alone the reality. They are also, I might add, invariably pre-machine sentient societies. The very first ranked games acknowledge the element of chance, even if they rightly restrict raw luck. To attempt to construct a game on any other lines, no matter how complicated and subtle the rules are, and regardless of the scale and differentiation of the playing volume and the variety of powers and attributes of the pieces, is inevitably to shackle oneself to a conspectus which is not merely socially, but technophilosophically lagging with several ages behind our own. As a historical exercise, it might have some value. As a work of the intellect, it's just a waste of time.